0: So I do think that our larger goal is to rebrand giving, and to be, givepacked is, is a payment processor and a technology first and foremost, but we know that we wanna be a cultural um, entity that gets people excited through NFTs, through parties, through merch, through doing good in the world. There's big potential to do something different.
1: This is the Visible Voices Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Risa Lewis. Before we get started, here's a word about ultrasound gel.
2: Hi, this is Mike Pratts from the Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Gel stands for gathering evidence from the literature. In each episode, we closely examine the latest research in the field of point-of-care ultrasound. Our goal is to make this information easily digestible for clinicians so that we can all use this valuable modality safely to help
1: our patients. Hi listeners, thanks for joining. And I'm so glad to be bringing you my conversation about GivePact, with the co-founders Alicia Cepeda-Mall and Steven Aguiar. Now think about this. Nonprofit organizations are continually tasked with trying to find new ways to make philanthropy cool. Cryptocurrency and donations via cryptocurrency offer a novel approach to philanthropy. According to some leaders in the Web3 space, nonprofit organizations aren't going to have to work very hard to convince crypto investors to donate because they're already eager to. This is a quote from Alicia. Donating crypto is a win-win. People who have accumulated crypto want to give to their favorite organizations. They don't have the cash to give, but they have crypto. So Alicia Cepeda-Mall is the Innocence Project's first digital engagement director. Since 2015, she's led the organization in exponential audience growth, revenue, and advocacy, including the execution prevention campaigns. She's worked in digital for President Obama, the re-election campaign, that is, and on MSNBC. She has a BA in Africana Studies from Brown University. Steven Aguiar has deep experience using digital channels to drive positive incomes for mission-driven organizations. He's, quote, a full-stack digital marketer, a co-founder of GivePact, and a founder of Bluing. He's got deep experience using digital channels to drive positive outcomes for businesses and mission-driven experience. Stephen and Alicia met at Brown University. Let's get to the conversation where I'm really asking them to translate some of this language, a new language. An audience, I think you know by now, I love languages. So GivePact is a free crypto fundraising platform for nonprofits that funds a community DAO for social impact. DAO audience stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And I'm going to ask each of you to bring us back out thirty thousand foot. Web 1.0, Web 2.0, Web 3.0. Steve, can you give us an overview of what those three things are?
2: Yeah, so there's sort of three themes attached to each of those. So Web 1.0 was the read-only internet. It was the first version of the internet where information became like water, very liquid. You could uh, this is like AOL.com homepage. This is New York Times. Other magazines going online. Other brands going online. It was pulling up a browser and being able to consume content in any way.
0: Think Netscape. Netscape.
2: Yeah, Netscape. The first browsers, the first websites, um, things like that. The the encyclopedia CD-ROMs you popped into your computer and you know could download, could download content um web 2.0 is the is the right phase right and it's the engagement phase it's the phase of of app development of mobile of of social media it's now become something that the user can contribute to you can write content on a blog or twitter you can publish video on youtube Um, you have a facebook feed that's a social feed of other content people or user generated content you can order a car on your on your phone um you can order groceries on your phone um, you can basically now inter- re- interact with the internet, not just read content, but actually get services, produce content yourself, and it, it obviously, you know, we've seen over the last decade how that turned out. It's basically running our lives now. Web three is the decentralized networks where users can own digital assets.
1: And Alicia, so we have the the build of 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. You and Steve, your work in GivePact is in the 3.0 space, but again. Broadening out the view of of giving the listeners an understanding, both of you have worked in digital strategy and digital direction. Why is this important for any organization and specifically to the work of GivePact?
0: Yeah, so I think number one, um, Web3 is about what makes a successful Web3 company is community and having clear goals, transparent leadership, transparent rules, and bringing people on as partners. Social justice and nonprofit fundraising is about building an audience, building a community. So naturally, um, there is a strong connection there. So um, there's the fundamental Theory of Web3 and how it's done. And then there's the monetary opportunity. And so, what we're seeing is that crypto donors, largely millennials, give on average 82 times more than a cash donor. It reached crypto donations, reached 500 million in 2021, and we expect it'll reach billions in several years. So, what do nonprofits want? They want new donors, young donors, and the money. So there's that monetary opening door. Um, and so we're making it possible for them to, we're, tra- we're converting crypto to cash so that they can accept the donation, don't have to hold on to it. And there's no fee for them. And we do educational onboarding so they understand this new technology and the new opportunity.
1: And Steve, crypto, the audience is like, okay, these terms, crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, ERC 20, uh, give us a primer.
2: Yeah, so crypto is kind of the the movement, you know, it's kind of like the underpinning, the technology that underpins sort of what people call Web3 now, which, you, which we described earlier as like sort of the ownership economy, um, the digital ownership economy. Um, so it's crypto and Web3 are pretty much interchangeable from that perspective, I would say crypto is a little bit more about the technology and Web3 is more about the movement towards a more equitable, just different Internet than the way it's set up right now. Um, Bitcoin is the first blockchain based currency. It's again just, it's pretty, it's very simple, very vanilla. It's this digital currency that um, is very scarce, has a predictable supply schedule, and people treat it as a store of value. So it's a first, sort of a digital gold that if you talk to a Bitcoin person, they might say, you know, it's a debate, it's a hedge against inflation, um, it's a hedge against. Um, you know, people being able to take over my assets or seize my assets, um, things like that. Ethereum introduced the idea of smart contracts on a blockchain network, which means that we can basically build apps now on top of these networks. Um, And so that's really powerful because now what's being built on Ethereum are things like decentralized finance, um, where people are basically recreating traditional financial products, but in a way that's permissionless and accessible to anybody. Um, For example, um you can go into a DeFi platform and provide liquidity for two tokens that are trading against each other as a a retail user right so mark and that's called market making and market making is generally a investment strategy that's reserved for like the upper echelons of financial uh managers and things like that right so they're bringing these like really sophisticated strategies that are typically reserved for like elite financial people and democratizing them and for me, that's what really got me into the, what was happening here. Um, I saw that there was a, a huge democratization of sophisticated financial assets that for me was really, really appealing. Um, and then NFTs come along. Those also live on the Ethereum network. And these are non-fungible tokens, which are unique, typically media driven assets, photos, video, et cetera. And for me, that was another major unlock because now it was not, crypto wasn't just the financial thing. Now it could be a media, culture, gaming, art, community thing. Um, And that's when I realized that it was going to be the next chapter of my career and that crypto was going to have a lot of applications beyond just finance. Um, Now, ERC20s, you know, Ethereum has the core token ETH, which people um, own to then use that Ethereum to pay for gas fees, to transact on the network, or they can stake it to help secure the network. There's over 500,000 Ethereum validators that all basically back up the network, which, which is what makes it decentralized, right? Um, ERC-20s are other tokens that people create on top of the network that you can use for different purposes. There might be some governance purposes if you're part of a DAO that people you know, can vote on proposals. You may be, hold a token and then it gets revenue from the protocol that you from, from holding it. Um, it may just be a social token that gets you access to certain features. There's a lot of different utility for different types of tokens. They're all very different. But essentially, ERC-20s are the tokens apart from Ethereum that live, on, live within the Ethereum
1: ecosystem. Amazing. Alicia, I've been following um, the work you're doing with the website, with GivePact, with Pitches. Where is the company now?
0: We are um, a few weeks away from launching the payment platform, which would allow you as a crypto donor or you as a credit card holder to give to any nonprofit in the U.S., Claim your PAC token, which means um, we have a treasury. You started off talking about our DAO. We have 20% set aside for a a social impact treasury where the community gets to decide where those funds are spent, vote, put forth proposals. We'll also be launching unique NFTs to get people excited and engaged with artists. And we're excited to finally be able to be a trustworthy place where people can give donations to those who need it most.
1: Learn partner launch. Um, You two are doing an amazing job providing definitions and kind of walking listeners through what does a transaction look like? You know, um, this isn't like a token, like when you go to the arcade, this is not an actual, you know, concrete piece of plastic that one holds in one hand. So how can the audience imagine this concept of a token or buying art online?
2: Yeah, so as far as a a broad crypto transaction, so let's use the Ethereum network, which is very similar to Bitcoin or other networks that you might be using, but you go to a tool like MetaMask, which is a very popular wallet uh, provider. You create a wallet, and so they'll generate a unique wallet ID for you, which is a long string of numbers and letters. That's now your wallet. When you create it, they're going to give you a private key, which you want to keep and store offline. You never want to have it on your computer because your private key is basically 100% 100% access to whatever's in that wallet. Um, so that's why people store them on paper. They store it on a cold wallet, which is basically offline on a USB drive type device. Um, or they, they even sell like steel uh, little widgets where you can like put in your private key and it will never burn in a fire or anything like that. Um, so it's really, that's really like the, the key to the wallet. And then once you have that wallet, you can then go to Coinbase. You can buy crypto and, tran- and then say so you buy some like one Ethereum on on Coinbase and then send that crypto to your Ethereum wallet. Um, once it's on that wallet, it's now yours. It's you're the custodian of that of that crypto. You're the direct owner. No one that ever has, unless they have that seed phrase for whatever reason, can access those funds. And then from there, you know, basically function as a browser extension. Um, so you can go to Uniswap if you want to trade that Ethereum for another token. You can go to OpenSea if you want to go use that Ethereum to buy an NFT. Um, you can basically go to whatever protocol that you want to then now engage with the ecosystem through that MetaMask browser extension and the Ethereum you loaded up there from that you bought on Coinbase.
0: It is a store of value that nobody, that no government or no bank owns. It is one of the first examples where um, computers and peer-to-peer, you know, trust tech is has the control of the of the currency and not you know bank of america taking fees so i think that's um, another way to look at it you would come to us because you love humanity and you want to do good in the world number one number two donating crypto directly you off you optimize your taxes so what that means is if i've made 50 ethereum if I have fifty Ethereum and let's say the market was incredib- doing incredibly well, um, instead of selling, if I sell my my capital gain, if I sell it, I get I, I get taxed on the on the wins. If and then donate that cash. Now, if I give directly to Give Pact with my Ethereum wins, I don't get taxed on that. So that is that is the other win for the donor, um, and why people would give, and that's why they give so much because. Young millennials have accumulated tons of crypto um, and want to give because they care. Every generation, millennials are now the, the big donors um, in the space. And then you put the amount you want to give. Ethereum, Bitcoin, or the liquid ERC20 tokens. Which organization or thematic fund, um, you know, bundles of nonprofits you can give to if you're really passionate about a theme. You put the amount, you verify it, you connect your wallet, and then you, you, um, you send that to us and we send it directly to the nonprofit in cash form. You collect your NFT and your PAC token and you share it and hopefully become a monthly donor And, um, you know, leader in the community in giving.
1: When you two uh, put GivePact on my radar and I started learning, I I think it's brilliant. I think it's an amazing way to give to nonprofits. And especially because I think when people think of um, NFTs, Bitcoin, crypto, they're thinking of for profit situations. So it's brilliant. It makes sense. It's a good way to give. Uh, Steve, you mentioned at one point the word elite, elite finance and then democratization. So for listeners that are a little skeptical, like, yeah, like I don't have a lot of money or like, how is this related to me? I'm, I'm not dealing in crypto. Like, is this for everybody? Is this something that everyone can engage in?
2: Yeah, I, I think absolutely. It's something everyone can engage in. Um, I think part of my my long term thesis on it is not necessarily necessarily related to token price or speculation or looking for a profit motive, but like what what's valuable here that's going to change how our digital economy works in the future and which I think is valuable to know about whether or not you end up participating in the growth of that directly as a digital business owner or founder or um, someone who invests in, in the ecosystem. Um, you know my, my primary bullish thesis is that this is these are these decentralized networks cut out middlemen. Right. And so I think you look at a situation where Apple, for example, has a monopoly on the app store and they charge a 30 percent transaction fee on um, the transactions in the app store. Right. Which is like crazy when you think about that. The creators that build apps are then have to pay 30 percent to Apple Um, now on an Ethereum network, there's essentially zero percent transaction fees. So marketplaces spin up where people can engage with each other. OpenSea, for example, was at two and a half percent transaction fee, for example, because they don't actually own the inventory. The inventory lives on the Ethereum blockchain, which is public and open source. Um, And in fact, because of other competition, they had to bring their fees down to 0.5 percent. And so basically price discovery for transaction fees of middlemen go to zero. And that means that the builders and consumers of the um, content or apps or users retain more of the value. Um, And so I think when you see this sort of big tech narrative of five or six companies, Basically driving all of the, you know, sort of value of in our stock market and things like that over the last decade or so, um, and a lot of pushback on that because they've become sort of oligarchs in a way. And like, you know, Facebook is like a quasi nation state. Apple is like has a stranglehold on the digital economy and charging crazy transaction fees. Amazon has its problem with labor unions and things like that. There's so like everybody hates it, right? Everyone's like, what What's going on here? Um, There's misinformation, there's suppression of free speech, there's like all this stuff that everyone's complaining on all sides that it's not, there's something broken here. And I think when you look at web three, it's at the very minimum a viable alternative to that that ecosystem um, for people to then now start building on in a decentralized permissionless way without middlemen. And at the very best is gonna completely disrupt it and reshape the future of our digital economy. Um, And so that's why I think for the average person Whether or not you choose to buy some Bitcoin or buy some Ethereum or participate in that financially, it's worth understanding so that you know that there's an alternative out there when it comes to how you engage with businesses online or interact online with other people.
1: Really, really, really helpful. So Alicia, the naysayers, I'm going to ask you, what do you say to the people that say, this is unsafe, don't invest in Bitcoin? I've actually been told that by one of my financial advisors, don't invest in Bitcoin, don't get involved, it's risky, it's not going to last.
0: Well, number one, you know, Merkel Science, who were, um, was one of our partners to making sure that our, the donors' wallets are clean and whatnot, it, they just did a report that said, like, point, such a fractional amount of crypto transactions are actually bad actors. So we're in, um, it is, you know, a space where part of the learning journey is in in some cases, unfortunately, to get scammed. And, you know, part of what Steve and I see our role is to be, is to share what we know, is to, is to build infrastructure to make it easier for the next person. So we're committed to that. Given the nascence of the industry, there's no question that um, it's not for the weary and you have to um, be smart, be learned, ask for help. You know, we're part of many communities that have made our crypto journey, um, a safer one and a more informed one, but ultimately coin, you know, to start investing through Coinbase, there's no harm in that. Um, and you know, I was hacked and guess who the, the the source was, it was PayPal. So there are plenty of scams in fiat and credit cards. I think everyone has gotten scammed. We have the unfortunate, it's new, it's scary, and we're not winning the media war. um, So I think uh, we need to put forth the good use cases like GivePack, like all the smart people in the space. I mean, these are like brainiac math and science people, um, computer, you know, computer scientists and um, we just have to do a lot more to put forth the, the 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 shining the the bright spots in the in the space and win over the hearts of lawmakers
1: great let's talk about the nonprofits that have signed up that have joined give pact you know a lot of times people say you know we say listen To the visible voices. It's my favorite podcast, but no, no, really, you know, you're a doctor, healthcare, that makes sense. Equity. All right. I understand your, your commitment, what you studied studied in college, current trends. Okay. This is a current trend, um, but it's not just a trend. This is here to stay. You know, how have you engaged in the healthcare sector? We
0: have the American Cancer Society has signed up. We have the Leukemia Society um, so we have big research organizations.
1: But you're open to all nonprofits. And so listeners that are affiliated with nonprofits should take a look at Gift Pact. What other sectors are represented, Steve?
2: We have almost everyone. We have about 130 nonprofits on our wait list to claim a profile. So we're actually going live with um, a profile page for every nonprofit in the country. As long as they're in the IRS database and a certified 501c3, they will have a page but then the nonprofits will have the ability to claim a profile, basically enriching it with more content. Um, they can set up direct deposit instead of getting checks in the mail from us and they can participate in our, in our DAO, um, which is basically like Alicia said earlier, setting aside some money for a social impact treasury. Um, so yeah, we have 130 nonprofits, which you know, once you have that many, you can imagine like they're, they really touch across all fields. You know, Healthcare is big, education is big, um, criminal justice reform, given Alicia's background in criminal justice. Um, housing, you know, food and water, you know, you can imagine, you know, it's a long list, and really everyone's represented.
1: Give us some names, some of these nonprofits, if you can. So Good Call is one of my favorite
0: nonprofits. They are a New York-based organization started by people our age, and ultimately it's a hotline where if you get arrested, you can call for a public defender to, to um, help you in English and Spanish. So I think that's brilliant and one of uh, my favorite organizations.
1: Okay. So now someone wants to donate to the American Cancer Society. They're one of your clients. They have um, some quote money in their wallet. Um, They log into your page. What do they do? What does it look like? The interface. It's super
0: easy. It's like the quickest transaction. You just have to put in the amount of money, Ethereum, Bitcoin or cash you want to give you can opt into a tax receipt. You don't have to put in your address. You're pretty much just putting your email and your name. So it's, it, it takes a few seconds. It's one of the quicker donation platforms I've seen, given that um, mostly you have to put your whole address and stuff. So it's very simple. There's a couple of verification steps to make sure that you got the, that there's no mistakes. And then that's it. it, it it's, um, you know, hopefully we, we're really trying to revolutionize giving make it fun. Um, you know, when Steve said, even when Steve said, let's do something for nonprofits, like to me, that was just like so boring, the idea of nonprofits, even though I love them and I do tons of pro bono with the organizations I love in addition to the Innocence Project, but just the the industry, I was like, that is the most boring sounding thing. Like I'd rather do death penalty or criminal justice. So I do think that our larger goal is to rebrand giving and to be give packed is, is a payment processor and a technology first and foremost, but we know that we want to be a cultural um entity that gets people excited through NFTs, through parties, through merch. Um, through doing good in the world, that there's a, there's big potential to not, you know, to to do something different. And I think um, Steve's mastermind, this whole thing, and I, and I'm very excited to, to, um, to launch in a couple months.
1: This concept of rebranding giving is just beautiful. And uh, I ask my guests about their voice uh, when they realized they had a voice and when they actually started using that voice. So rather than asking you individually, uh, I want to ask together the two of you in what you're building with GivePact. When did you realize together you had a voice and when did you start using that voice? Alicia, why don't you take it first then Steve?
0: Yeah. So at Brown, um Steve was a DJ, him and his best friend Pete had this, uh, this blog called Ben's in a backpack. They were DJs at WBRU. They were the hip hop um, duo in our class. And I launched maingreen.tv to showcase who I thought would be the the most interesting dynamic students. And of course I, 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 I did a video on Steve and um, Pete on Ben's in a backpack. So I think our journey starts there um, and has o- have always believed in him. And we've been able to help each other out and work and, and collaborate in different ways. Um, and the Innocence Project has been, a, has been a great partnership. And then, of course, my dream to have my own company, for it to be a technology company, and to have the, um, the co-founder of my dreams is just, um, it, it, you know, life is, just gets better and better.
2: Yeah, well, having a little micro documentary created about me in college definitely <laughs> started made me realize that, like, you know, people care about what I'm doing, which is really excited. Uh, it's really exciting. Um, so that main green TV documentary that Lisha made about me and Pete and I is was, was awesome. Um, I think when I first started working in editorial, you know, I was always sort of considered, like, again, I was a social media person, a digital person working in editorial room. So, like, for example, when I was at the Fader, you know, that was when, Spotify was launched. And so they would ask me to write articles about Spotify, right? And I I kind of realized I had this sort of, um, I had an opinion or or expertise on sort of this overlap between culture and technology that people thought was relevant. um, And enough so that, you know, editors would ask me to write articles and and think pieces and hot takes on Spotify versus title and things like that. Um and I think ultimately, you know, starting my own business was my ultimate expression of finding my own voice. Um really just kind of going out there on my own and saying, you know, what's you what I can make happen here. Um, you know, my for me it's just you know, I'm just constantly trying to learn and grow. And um I think I learned more in the first year of running Blue Wing than I did in the rest of my whole career. Um and I think, you know, you you kind of, you know, what's the quote about wisdom is like the wise man knows what he doesn't know or something like that. Or you re- kind of realize like how much you don't know, like, you know, I thought I knew a lot when I started Blueing and I realized that there was even just within digital marketing, there was so much that I needed to learn. Um, and that helped me grow my voice. I, I think finding this niche within the nonprofit space, um, was a really nice full circle loop from, uh, in terms of my, my career and where I saw an opportunity to sort of align incentives between what I wanted to do. In terms of growing a business, but also doing it in a way that would serve other people and help these awesome organizations. So that's how would, that's how I would describe
1: it. And finally, I just want to ask about the origin of the name Give Pact.
0: Well, we we started off as Endowment, and like with Dao, E N D A O in the name, and realized there was a competitor with the same name, and then we just brainstormed a bunch of stuff, and GivePact uh, rose to the top.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of workshopping, a lot of Google Docs, writing down 50 names, crossing most of them out. Um, GivePact, you know, they have the, you have the word "given" there, of course, which is big, and then we have impact, um, you know, kind of bringing that together. So uh, for us, it, you know, has a nice ring to it, two syllables, easy, gets the message across, um, and we just felt confident sort of going out with that.
1: Are there any other companies in this space as competitors?
2: For sure. There's, there's a handful of them. Um, Giving block was really the first one to market. Um, they were acquired last year by Shift4, which is a publicly traded p- payment processor. Um, they're a white glove solution. They only work with a, with a few thousand nonprofits, but, and they basically help them set up their own flow of funds, meaning their own widgets on their website, their own exchange accounts, their own wallets so that they can then manage crypto donations internally. With their support um and then there's endowment which alicia mentioned um which is similar to us i think you know we're we're tr- taking a bit of a different approach and trying to make a more mainstream application um but endowment is another um you know strong platform um and really there's a long list from there I so see those are the main two and then there's a handful of others that are out there um but like i mentioned earlier you know as much as crypto is giving has grown um in the last couple of years. And it's even showing that within the bear market of last year that it's it's been sticky, it hasn't gone away. Um, You know, there are only a few thousand nonprofits have have ever accepted a crypto donation. So while there are a handful of competitors, we still feel like it's a wide open blue ocean strategy. Um, And I think I want to sort of piggyback off in terms of what Alicia mentioned earlier is like we're looking at this not in in the long run, not just as crypto fundraising of like donating tokens for tax benefits and things like that. We're looking at how Web three is going to change the nonprofit industry overall, and how we can play a role in that, whether it's cash giving or otherwise. Um, and so, for example, donors will be able to come to our site and create a wallet, while as they, as they set up a user account and donate with a credit card, um, and still participate in the NFT rewards and the DAO and the Web three centric things that we're doing, without necessarily having to donate those tokens. And so, we're really um, optimistic and bullish on this idea of Web3 reshaping the nonprofit industry, Um, and that's really our goal is to really shepherd the nonprofit industry into this new version of the internet. Um, And that could be directly donating crypto, but there's a lot of other things that are Web3 adjacent that we want to provide services and and, um, resources for.
1: The Risa wrap-up. Well, special thanks to Alicia and to Stephen for joining me in conversation. I want to wish them the best of luck with the launch of their organization, GivePact. And I really do think it's brilliant. It's a way to engage many people in donating to non-for-profits. I love the umbrella, the expanse of the organizations that they have listed on their portfolio, including many healthcare organizations. Audience, take a look at GivePact. Donate to GivePact. Use your cash, use your crypto, give to the organizations in which you believe, which drive your passion, and which help make the world a better place. That's it for this week, audience. The Visible Voices podcast amplifies voices both known and unknown, discussing topics of healthcare equity and current trends. Our production team includes Stacey Gitlin, Dr. Giuliano DePorto, and me, Dr. Risa E. Lewis. Please find me on social media at Risa E. Lewis and through the website, thevisiblevoicespodcast.com. If you like the podcast, please rate and review us. Share the podcast with a friend today. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, to be continued.